homily for the first Sunday of Lent. St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks, March 6, 2022. Like many of your extended families, mine doesn't get together all that often these days. Not like we used to, except on the occasion of funerals. And virtually every time I attend a funeral in Bismarck or my hometown of Napoleon, a distant cousin will wander up to me and ask, Now who do you belong to? Now I've been living on my own for a great many years, of course, but my relative's innocent question contains an important fact. Every one of us has roots. Every one of us has an identity. Every one of us belongs somewhere. For some of us, our identity, in terms of family origin, may be marked with pain or struggle. I wouldn't begin to deny that. But we also have a spiritual identity, both individually as children of God and collectively as a people of faith. Today I'd like to examine how these readings that we've just heard reinforce our Christian identity. Every year on the first Sunday of Lent, we hear as our gospel reading the encounter between Jesus and Satan in the desert. The Lord is wrapping up this 40-day-long retreat, <clears throat> which was not at all luxurious. He committed himself to intense conditions of sacrifice and prayer getting ready for all that would lie ahead. Before looking at our Lord's answers to the temptations of the devil in more detail, let's revisit today's first reading from the book of Deuteronomy. My first reaction is to think that this reading doesn't fit with the themes of Lent. What does an ancient act of Jewish worship have to do with warding off temptations and performing works of penance? Then I realized the important link, our identity. This reading contains the prayer Moses taught the people to recite as they made cereal offerings at the temple. Those who produce grain were to make an offering of the first fruits after harvest. This was meant to be a sample of the finest quality grain, not an inferior sample, and it was to be given right away off the top, so to speak, not begrudgingly, or on the condition that one had something left over to give. In addition to surrendering the cereal offering to be burned at the altar, the people were to deliver a prayer of dedication. When that little speech begins, my father was a wandering Aramean, etc., we need to fight the urge to check out. We should be paying close attention, both to the statement and to the ritual behind it. The Israelites declared, This is our identity, and we are proud of it. We are who we are, thanks not to ourselves, but thanks to all God has done for us. Who is there that can say otherwise? We could go through the motions and perform this act of worship absentmindedly, but we won't because God deserves better than that. Moses' great desire was that on these high holy days, the people would affirm their identity in a heartfelt way, and so enthrone the Spirit of God in their hearts. 
The actions of Jesus in his standoff with the devil are of a man who knows exactly who he is and will allow absolutely no one to deceive him. <clears throat> what makes this scene particularly admirable is that Jesus did not bring his divine power to bear against Satan, but employed all of the human resources that he has in common with us. To have responded with a supernatural display of force would have played right into the devil's hands. Since the evil one's temptations suggested the use of such means to consent to them, instead, calmly and serenely, Jesus used the sword of God's word to strike back. Quoting the Old Testament with that introductory refrain, It is written, it is written, is very humble on its face, but is filled with power. We can tell that the Gospel writers place a lot of emphasis on this scene, and that they recognized how much meaning the Lord's actions had for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, a theologian from the 13th century, held that all possible temptations are included somehow in the three temptations Satan posed to Christ. Turn these stones into bread, signifies the desires of the flesh. You will rule over these nations if you bow down and worship me, signifies the quest for glory. Jump from the tallest heights and the angels will save you, signifies the thirst for power. What temptation of ours does not fit into any of those categories? Here we see the great bond formed between the Lord and his human nature and all believers. And since there is no area of human desire exempt from the Lord's experience and empathy with us, there is no spiritual wound he cannot heal. Any serious effort at the discipline and hard work of conversion must include the sacrament of confession. And yes, I said must, not could or ought to. Otherwise, we would find ourselves both turning to Christ and avoiding him at the same time. It doesn't take a genius to understand that this will not work. Our job is to work out in our daily lives the specific way in which we will replicate how Jesus acted in the wilderness. How are we responding to the tempter? Which back door are we leaving open, even as we block the front door to keep the devil out? Are we telling him that he can hang around without even realizing it? Are we speaking in all ways in unison with the word of God? Are there times when we let the music we listen to, the media that we watch, or the malicious gossip that we hear do the talking for us instead? We are about to pray the Nicene Creed. And for many centuries, this has been a staple of the celebration of Mass on Sundays and other holy days. Why does the Church ask us to recite this lengthy prayer altogether and not substitute a much shorter version? I would contend it's because the Creed speaks to our identity. Every time you say this prayer, please think of it as a kind of identity badge. The Creed is not just a list of beliefs. It's a statement to the world of who we are. Because faith is a gift we have received, 
and it is true, our faith should shape every part of our lives. Praying the Creed is our way of declaring to the world, If you want to know who I really am, learn about whose I am. You need to know about the one who has created me and loved me. The Church empowers us to know the one to whom we really belong. We need to stand up for who we are and whose we are. By imitating Jesus, our way, our truth, and our life, we trust that he will heal our wounds, chase away the emptiness, and set us on the right path. Amen.